Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. So in continuing with our December Best Of series, this is week number three, and we are having Adam Myatt, the cat man of West Oakland. He was involved with starting the first cat cafe, as well as he does a lot of rescue work in the West Oakland area, and he has a great cat calendar. He's a great photographer and video guy, and so I thought this was an excellent show for us to listen to again and to share. Uh, He is is getting around at various incredible cat events. So he is becoming another one of the great leaders across the country in helping community cats. So enjoy the show and feel free to send in your suggestions of what you think are the best shows that we've had on the Community Cat Podcast. I'd really be interested. So feel free to check us out on Facebook or you can always email me your suggestions at stacy at communitycatspodcast.com. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in and enjoy Adam Myatt, the cat man, of West Oakland. Cats have been taking over the Catman of West Oakland, a.k.a. Adam Myatt's life, for the past eight years. What started as a simple photography hobby has turned into a life-changing endeavor, leading the Catman down a path that led to diving headfirst into Cat Rescue, TNR, and opening the first cat cafe in the United States and more. Adam, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Meowzers. <laughs> so I want to find out, you know, how did you get involved in this whole crazy cat world? Like seven or eight years ago, I was actively playing music and was in bands and worked in a recording studio and all this stuff. And I had a buddy who went on tour and he did this like photo series or just posted a few photos online, which was like hashtag cats on tour. I thought that was pretty hilarious. And when me and my roommate Glenn and bandmate, when we went on tour, I just sort of continued that tradition and then never stopped. (laughs) Like. (laughs) We did a, a small like West Coast tour and then moved into the, the house that we're currently in and just kept seeing cats everywhere. And I was it became less about it was like these these are cats not on tour. That's not a catchy slogan like <laughs> uh, these are our neighborhood cats. And then like that account and tags were taken. And, I, and it was sort of like these cats are like street smart, tough as nails, have like some of them have definitely seen some shit. Uh, they're our neighborhood cats and they're they're tough guys. A lot of them are real softies, but thus Hood Cats was born. And yeah, I was just taking photos and thought it was a silly thing to do and put on the internet. And then a bunch of friends were like, what can you do with these photos? Some of them are really good. And again, I was just like a broke musician and was just sort of like, uh, I'm not going to invest what little money I have into making cat merchandise, because that sounds insane. And they encouraged me to do a crowdfunding Kickstarter campaign. That was like right as that was really getting going, too. And I was like, well, 
I never feel comfortable doing this with like my band. It sometimes it feels like digital panhandling, but I was like, but if there's like a hundred people out there who want this and want to pay for it and pre-order it, great. And if they don't, not a big deal. Like no skin off my teeth. Like I'll like my life will go on. And now I'm six years into doing the calendar, and yeah, the cats have definitely taken over. <laughs> so, do you do a Kickstarter campaign? every year or did you just do that in the beginning the 2018 calendar is the sixth year of doing a kickstarter campaign and actually i'm with the year five or when i finished year five um my button started working on this year i had a buddy who was like what all right what's the next step like how do you like how where do you take hood cats next and so i've like we reached out to a couple of different like publishing agents and i was like i do this calendar every year I kind of have proved that I have an audience and that people like it and want to support it and have like an idea for like a, a book and calendar like combo pitch to present to a couple of people. So working on that for next year. So 2019 might be like the, the first year that I don't do a Kickstarter, but it, it just sort of depends. That's a very, very cool thing. And it sounds like obviously Kickstarter has been a good platform for you in order to raise money for the project. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, again, it was just sort of like, I'm just a dude. I make music and I guess I take cat photos. And then it just like, I, I think the campaign was the first campaign was up for like three days before it got funding. I was just trying to get a thousand dollars to make a uh, hundred calendars. And I was like, whoa, this is weird that like, <laughs> if my band put a Kickstarter up, I bet it would take us like six months to get funding. Like, yeah, <laughs> but people, the internet loves cats. And it just, yeah, from doing that, our weekly paper, the East Bay Express, like picked up or like got wind of it, interviewed me for their like January issue because that's normally like a pets issue and called me like they dubbed me the Catman of West Oakland. And I was I, it's just sort of I've just sort of ran with it since then. Life has gotten weird. <laughs> and it sounds like the path has just sort of randomly happened and you've sort of fallen into this position happily. But yet it sort of just kind of randomly came. So in West Oakland, um, we were talking in the, the little pre-chat conversation before the interview started. You were talking about how you've wrangled a lot of cats over the years. Do you have any stories that you'd like to share with us? Let's see. The one, the, the latest very happy ending, adorable outcome was this cat Monk. He showed up in, I have like a colony of six, it's about six cats normally that live in my yard, in my neighbor's yard. And like one, I don't, it must've been like a, it was like a Friday night. I got a like a frantic text message, like like flurry of text messages from my neighbor. And she sent a couple of photos. She's like, this little orange kitten just showed up in the yard. Like he's got this weird abscess on his mouth. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I'm like, well, he's here. That's great. Like he's not good. I don't think he's going to go anywhere once he realizes that we're giving him like wet food and like the good stuff. Like it'd be great to if like if he's got any siblings that are around, but she was like in panic mode. So the next morning got out to try to trap him and he was crawling up underneath the cars that were parked in the driveway. And it's like, all right, well, you're not, you're like kind of smart or just kind of like, well, you're kind of dumb, but you're also kind of smart because you're like evading the trap, but you're being under a car is probably how you injured your face. Right. And so it took a couple of hours, but I was finally able to like use a drop trap and snag him and then brought him inside, kept him inside in my house for a night, gave him a bath. And then 
I mean, the coolest thing about this whole cat world has been seeing how much of the community wants to get involved. And I just put it out there that like, hey, I trapped this kitten. I personally can't have any cats inside because my roommate, Glenn, who I've known for 12 years and lived with for seven or eight, is allergic to cats. So that's kind of ridiculous because the cat man can't have any of his cats. But I kept Monk inside for like 48 hours, don't tell Glenn. Then arranged to have a foster home for him, and the family was freaking awesome. They're, they like run a dog walking company, have been in animal rescue for like the past like 15 years, and are just always fostering. And took Monk in, and really, Monk, like they didn't, they weren't setting out on adopting him, but he adopted them and their like pack of a family. They have two other cats and a dog. Or they have three other cats and a dog, and he just joined their clan and was like, I'm not, I don't think I want to go anywhere else. And they're like, well, we don't think we want you to go anywhere else either. They're like, we can take one more in and still do fostering and stuff. So Monk got adopted a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't be happier for him. That's great. And so in uh, West Oakland, the situation for community cats over the, you know, six or eight years that you've been involved with helping them? Is the population staying the same? Is it growing? Is it getting less? Um, and what's life like for community cats in West Oakland? Honestly, it's like block by block is different. I feel like my block and my like neighboring blocks are relatively leveling out there. I mean, I, I volunteer and help run this organization called Feral Change. And I mean, they're, they're who with the Hood Cats calendar, they're who I support the most are just in the sense of financially donating to them and then also volunteering with them and they get emails and calls all the time of cats popping up in different places and so we just try to like educate people with uh, on what TNR is and it's really more trying to empower them to want to do something rather than us just come out and do it for them we try to make it like a more involved thing and sometimes they're in sometimes people are into it sometimes people aren't and regardless we want to help help make that happen yeah they so they're you have like a trap bank that people can borrow traps and then there's you know low cost spay neuter options i, I yeah. yeah i i interviewed and done a while ago in one of our earlier episodes. And so she was sharing a bit about it, but it, it sounds like um, this group Feral Change is really the boots on the ground. Yeah, most definitely. The woman who started the organization, Sarah, is a wonderful, amazing, I don't know how she does it, woman. And now she is having to shift her career and focus more on career and family. And a couple of months ago, she reached out to a couple of the like core volunteer people and was like, I have to stop doing this, which is sad. But if you guys want to continue it on in some, fo some form, like I would love for that to happen. And so Kirsten, Allie and I are like trying to spearhead Feral Change 2.0 and they, for a little while, they got they, they have like this kind of awesome like recovery space and adoption center-ish kind of thing in uh, this big warehouse, American Steel, here in Oakland. But that building got sold and they got the boot, which I, is was a bummer, but I think is also like a little bit of a blessing in disguise because with having all of these cats that they were like bringing inside to like try to get adopted it was really taking away from their ability to do t more tnr and like like targeted tnr so i think in this new shift and like new phase that's the goal is to like i don't want to run an adoption agency i want to help run tnr like let's do that 
let's focus on that because the more animals you bring in and the more resources you're allocating to doing adoption, the less you're getting to go outside and actually do the trapping work that the organization set out to do. Right. And the volume you're talking about will drastically change because your resources will get allocated with the adoption program, Um, people resources, as well as financial resources. And then you won't be able to get to as much volume on the TNR side of things. That's my belief. I mean, I, I have run spay neuter programs in conjunction with an adoption center and the adoption center is a lot of work. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I think that there should be organizations that focus in one component and organizations who focus on on another component and that it, and then you work together to partner to be able to facilitate everybody working more efficiently and effectively and i think that's a, a better partnership yeah you do your thing we're going to do our thing and our paths will cross like we want the paths to cross like and support each other but like the more you're trying to do a little bit of everything, the less of anything you're doing better. No, I agree. And I agree. And it also sounds like, you know, for the organization you're going, as you say, you're talking about 2.0 for the organization. And I think that's a great way to think about it because I, I think so many organizations depend on a handful of people. And then if a couple of life events happen and those people, you know, have to take a step back, it's really important to figure out you know, who can keep that organization going. So that's great that you have a a sort of a leadership team that's moved in to help sort of figure out what 2.0 is. That's, yep, that is where we're at now. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. It's, it's very cool. And it sounds like you've got a nice targeted focused mindset, which is definitely the way to be most, most impactful. Today's episode is sponsored by Space Kitty Express, your one-stop shop for exotic cat drugs. Everyone's heard of catnip, but what about valerian root, tatarian honeysuckle, or silver vine? Space Kitty Express specializes in offering these hard-to-find catnip alternatives, both in their herbal form and stuffed into a variety of reusable toys. Their herbs are 100% pure, not like those quote-unquote catnip blends you might find in a pet store. Their tartarian honeysuckle wood is cut fresh and kept frozen to lock in its citrusy scent. Their silver vine exudes a mintiness that tingles the nostrils. Their organic valerian root is so musky that they've had to blend it with organic lemongrass so that human noses can tolerate it. Cats can definitely tell the difference between these quality herbs and that stale catnip from the big box store. Visit SpaceKittyExpress.com and watch videos from satisfied feline customers. Use coupon code COMMUNITYCATS, all one word, at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. That's SpaceKittyExpress.com with coupon code COMMUNITYCATS. Doesn't your cat deserve the best? Spoil them today at SpaceKittyExpress.com. Did you miss the 2018 online cat conference that we held in January? Or would you like to share some of the conference webinars with friends? You can now purchase the presentations and share them with colleagues and friends. Just visit our recordings page, which is under the resources tab, to access webinars from some of the leading personalities in feline welfare today. They're sure to give you and your cat-loving friends great ideas on ways to help even more cats. Check it out at www.communitycatspodcast.com. I was just wondering, Adam, if you might be able to share with us a little bit about your photography and how you get such great pictures. And are there any tips for those of us who are out there in the field trying to get pictures of our feral kitties, anything that we can do to make the photography 
picture taking more successful. I am a terrible photographer. I will tell you that. And, you know, so much of our work involves storytelling through pictures, especially with Instagram and Facebook and websites that have to look beautiful all the time. So do you have any tips for us? Um, yeah. I mean, when I, when I, when I first got started, I was like, I had like a first or second generation iPhone hand-me-down from my mom and was just sort of like, well, like now I have a can like I always liked photography, but never really liked carrying the gear around. And again, when like you're wandering around a city, you don't necessarily want to have like, look at all of my photography equipment that I'm carrying around. Like you're, then you're just a target. With the phone, it made it really easy to be like incognito or just like a really weird person. Like I definitely, <laughs> I get down on like, I mean, really, if you want to get good photos of a cat, you have to get down on their perspective or like to their level. And so when you're like, I'll be kneeling or almost laying down in the street sometimes or on the sidewalk or in my yard. And yeah, I mean, it's really just like getting down to their level, making yourself not a threat. Treats and catnip are a great starting point for a lot of cats not for every cat but yeah just like the catnip treats and honestly there's the those like uh what are they it's like i i equate them to like it's like a cat version of a gogurt it's like puree okay chicken it's like by chow or something and it's just like the grossest stuff you could imagine but like like Stubbs, who is my main hood cat and who I've known for like five years now, I finally can like start petting him when I'm giving him that. It's like there's like catnip is like cat crack. And then uh, this like meat tube is what I call it is like cat kryptonite. Like they'll like I can pretty much do anything to Stubbs when he's eating that. So it's giving them reason to like want to be around you is like the biggest way to get good photos. <laughs> do you ever do do any work in video or are you only in photos? I do some video work. I've done like, so before I helped open the cafe, the cat cafe, me and my buddy Sean went to Japan to go like research cat cafes. We went to the two feral cat islands and I brought Sean along to help like document the trip and to be a travel buddy. And really the last like five years, I've just been watching him and learning doing that sort of production work. Like I come from audio production and audio and video aren't incredibly different from each other. It's just a slightly different source material. And now I've been making, I've been trying to make these like silly, like Catman videos that are in the sixties Batman style campy TV show. Um, so I've doing some of those, which is a goofy, just like a goofy what thing to do. And then I've been working with, uh, Hannah Shaw, the kitten lady. I basically equate, her and uh, my buddy Andrew as like the the Jay-Z and Beyonce of the cat world. And then when working with her, I'm trying we're trying to be like the postal service of the cat world. That's a, like a, this like indie electro pop band that uh, is like one of my favorite bands ever. But they got their start by like mailing each other hard drives and stuff. And now the technology is a little bit better. So Hannah just drop boxes me videos and then I puzzle piece it all together into like a cohesive story and send it back to her and that goes up on her social pages and YouTube and all that jazz. So the, yeah, I've been basically the last year I've been on the Catman hustle is what I call it, which is cat sitting, making and selling this like merch stuff and doing TNR and then making videos for Hannah. And it's been, it's been a weird year. Mm. And now running feral change. Yeah. Helping, yeah. Helping, helping get that back up and running. So like the feral cats is what, 
where I started in the rescue world and what like got my interest. And then when I met Ann Dunn, who runs Cat Town and started Cat Town, we like she there was this litter of kittens that I found maybe like two months after the Catman of West Oakland article came out. And in that article, I mentioned that I want to foster for Cat Town at some point someday because I love like I have a soft spot for senior cats and special needs cats. And that was like what they focused on when they had started. But again, I can't have cats because of my idiot roommate, Glenn. And <laughs> And like somehow the article got to her and I found this litter of kittens and had posted like a photo, but was going out of town. And like, we were writing an email to each other at the same time of like, Anne was writing, what do you do for these cats? And I was writing to Anne, what should I do for these cats? Um, because I, I like realized that like, they're adorable. They don't need to be out here. Like what, so how, like, what is the shelter situation in Oakland? It was something I'd never really looked into. And then, that was the start of a crazy partnership. And yeah, we met for coffee. When was it? It was like the, this in December of 2013 and was like, I don't really know you and you don't really know me, but like, do you want to go in together and make a cat cafe? Cause no one's done that in the United States yet. And I think it could help put cat town on the map. And I think if we do it where it's like an adoption center first and a cafe second, it has potential to be really successful. And it's, yeah, it, it's been crazy. It was a crazy, a crazy journey, crazy journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you've taken all these skills that you have, you know, from musician interest in the audio and working in the video and then the photography. It's like all these little pieces just find an interesting way of how to come together and create something beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It's is definitely not how what I expected to be doing, but I love it and it I I mean I'm a pretty like cynical person sometimes, but it is like changing lives of people and animals together and it, like through the cafe alone we had like we've had over 5 or 600 adoptions I think now and so that's like also 5 or 600 families that have been impacted so it's been crazy so Adam if folks are interested in finding out more about the Catman of West Oakland and the work that you're doing how would they do that so I have my website catmanofwestoakland.com or on Instagram at catmanofwestoakland and that's where majority of my photos and videos and all that sort of stuff go. Um, I have a Facebook page for Hood Cats, but it's not as like all encompassing as the Catman stuff. And yeah, on the website, you can learn about TNR in Oakland. You can learn about Feral Change, my social Meowdia productions, which is what I've been calling making videos for Hannah like that. If I can do that for more people, that is like another path that I sort of see this weird cat life that I've made leading down. And then I have the Hood Cats merch that's up there. And that's what, when I sell that, I, that just helps me fund TNR with Feral Change. That's great. And Adam, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah. If you need a cat calendar, <laughs> I have the 2018 Hood Cats calendar. It's up now at hoodcats.bigcartel.com too. And again, that is just a dozen of Oakland's finest felines as seen by myself, the cat man. Awesome. Adam, well, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Totally. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you for listening to Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 